You're listening to All About Agriculture with Rory Lewandowski, presented by OSU Extension in Wayne County, Ohio. Well, a very good morning. It's behind-the-scenes interview time here on Worcester Radio. And uh, a regular feature for us and a regular guest is Rory Lewandowski, who joins us several times each month from the OSU Extension office here in Wayne County. Rory, good morning. Happy to have you back in. Thanks, Ron. Glad to be here. Well, on our last program with Rory, we started a discussion that we're going to continue today on dry cow management and covered uh, the length of the dry period, cow dry-off, and dry cow mastitis prevention treatment. Covered quite a bit. Now, today, we're going to continue that talk of dry cow management and focus on dry cow nutrition and comfort. Obviously, uh, we don't need to feed dry cow for milk production. What are the goals for dry cow nutrition, Rory, as we start things off today? Okay. Well, the goal of dry cow nutrition is really to prepare that cow to have a successful lactation period. Uh, we want that period to be marked by high milk production, uh, ideally zero or very minimal post-calving uh, metabolic problems or disorders. We want that cow to have come in and have good reproductive health that allows that cow to maintain a 365-day calving cycle. So Body condition is really going to be important to monitor body condition during the dry cow period. Cows should not get fat during the dry period. Uh, remember, protein and energy needs are considerably lower for the dry cow as compared to the lactating cow. So the goal is to maintain a dry cow body condition score of somewhere in that 3.0 to 3.25 based on a 1 to 5 scale where one is, again, that painfully thin, emaciated cow, and five would be a very fat and obese cow. So in terms of dry cow nutrition, we generally make a distinction also between the far-off dry cow, uh, so more than three to four weeks removed from calving, and then the close-up dry cow within three to four weeks of calving. And each of those uh, within that dry period should have a separate ration or diet. Rory, what are the, the characteristics of those dry cow diets? How does the diet change between the far-off and close-up dry cow? And then are there some common feeding recommendations that you might have? Sure. Well, according to an October uh, 2015 article in the Progressive Dairyman, contributed by uh, dairy researchers from the University of Kentucky, diets for the far-off dry cow should contain about 0.60 to 0.63 megacals of net energy per pound of dry matter, and it should provide at least 12% crude protein. Now, this diet can use some poor to moderate quality hay that has some of those higher nutrient detergent fiber values. Those diets can also include some corn silage. Uh, they generally, though, will have minimal or maybe no additional grain. The close-up dry cow diet now begins to change a little bit. That, that, that close-up dry cow needs more metabolizable protein and energy than the far-off diet, so those levels need to come up, both protein and energy. The diets of close-up cows should contain forages that are also lower in potassium concentration. Uh, so typically, we're going to see maybe higher corn silage diets. Uh, we're going to begin to include more grains in the close-up dry cow ration. Ration quality and nutrient density is important uh, because the challenge now with this close-up dry cow is the nutrient requirements due to fetal growth and development are really ramping up. Uh, meanwhile, though, the dry matter intake on this cow generally decreases anywhere from 10 to 30 percent. Now, part of that is because of the reduced rumen uh, and, and abomasum space just because of fetal growth. So we have to have, a, again, a higher density ration for that close-up dry cow. 
talking with us again today from the OSU Extension Office about dry cow nutrition and comfort, Rory Lewandowski. Uh, Rory, you mentioned forages with lower potassium content. What's the significance of potassium content when you're talking about the close-up dry cow diet? Yeah, well, the, uh, the short answer is that the potassium content of the diet is it's correlated with the incidence of milk fever, one of our metabolic diseases. And to understand this more fully, we have to begin a, a discussion or talk a little bit about the dietary cation-anion difference, or DCAD, status of the diet. Rory, the, the dietary difference, can you explain why this is important, how it also relates to milk fever prevention? Sure. Uh, well, there are elements like uh, sodium, potassium, calcium, and magnesium. They all have a positive charge, uh, so they're called cations. Uh, cations in the diet produce or promote a more alkaline or higher blood pH. Then we have elements such as chloride, sulfur, and phosphorus. Uh, they're associated with a negative charge, and they're called anions. Anions promote a more acidic uh, metabolic condition, uh, essentially a, a lower blood pH. Now, the significance of blood pH is that a, a cow adjusts to a lower blood pH by buffering, and blood buffering is, happens by the mobilization of calcium phosphate from bones. Now, when a lower blood pH is achieved by feeding those, those anions. This results in the cow mobilizing more of her stored calcium. That prepares the cow for the high demand of calcium that she's going to need for milk production after calving. And so that's the reason we have these various anionic products on the market. It's really to reduce the incidence of milk fever. So milk fever happens when the cow can't uh, mobilize or, or have access to enough calcium in her bloodstream for milk production. But again, that lower blood pH, she begins to buffer, she pulls things out, she prepares her for that milk production. So again, the goal is to provide the close-up dry cow with a negative decad ration. Typically, it's done by using feedstuffs with lower potassium and sodium concentrations uh, and or providing some supplementation with these anionic products. Rory, are there other benefits to negative decad diets for close-up dry cows? Can this be overdone? You know, too much of a good thing? You talked about blood pH. Is there a goal for pH and, and then also any way of monitoring that? Yeah. Well, a July 2017 Dairy Herd Management article about negative decad diet said, Studies have shown that a well-formulated -form negative decad ration for close-up dry cows results in increased dry matter intake in early lactation, increased milk production, decreased disease incidence, decreased retained placentas and uterine infections, decreased displaced abomasums, and decreased uterine edema in first calf heifers, and overall improved reproductive performance. So again, those well-formulated negative DCAD rations are, are really important. Now, typically, the effectiveness of, of providing anionic products in the ration to lower that DCAD is measured by monitoring the, the pH of the urine. So that's correlated with the, the blood pH. So the urine pH of cows in a properly formulated negative DCAD diet should be around 6.0 to 6.5 for Holsteins and, and a little bit lower, 5.5 to 6.0 for Jerseys. Now, in a September 2018 Bovine Vet Online article entitled Moderation, best for decad diets. The author says that some dairy farms have been using extreme decad diets 
and that has resulted in excess cost. They're feeding too many of these anionic products, uh, kind of wasting money. And it's also compromised the reliability of urine pH as a monitoring tool. So, uh, yes, it can be overdone. So, again, work with your nutritionist on this. Well, we're going to close out today's show with cow comfort. Rory, what do you mean by cow comfort in relation to dry cow management? And, you know, from our standpoint, why is it important? Sure. Well, in that close-up dry period, so again, within about, you know, three weeks maybe of calving, the cow's immune system becomes depressed, and we want to avoid stresses. Uh, obviously, as depressed immune system and stresses, uh, that can lead to disease issues and metabolic issues. And we also want to pl- provide a clean, dry environment. So cow comfort means that we're going to strive to minimize social, environmental, and metabolic stressors for that cow. Now, disruption of the social hierarchy results every time we we move cows to a new pen or we regroup cows uh, because they have to reestablish their social hierarchy. So fewer moves and regrouping can reduce that stress. Uh, If you are regrouping cows, then the addition of multiple cows to a group is better than just uh, putting in an additional individual cow. Uh, another thing to think about is that cows that enter that dry period during summer months, now, you know, we're in fall, but when they enter that during summer months, the benefit from the use of shade, fans and sprinklers, uh, much as we talk about lactating cows, that also helps to reduce heat stress and has benefits for the dry cows. In fact, studies have shown that dry cows cooled during summer months can produce 10 to 12 pounds more milk per day during a lactation than cows that do not receive that additional heat abatement. So don't forget about our dry cows there. Now provide adequate bunk space and resting space for dry cows. Overcrowding is going to result in more cases of ketosis, milk fever, uh, retained placentas, and just general rumen upsets. University of Kentucky recommendations are to provide 36 inches of bunk bunk space per cow in an open bunk situation or 30 inches per cow when headlocks are used. Dry cows, especially in the close-up period, need adequate space to lay down and rest. So recommendations are to provide a minimum of one freestyle per cow, uh, and oftentimes we see stocking rates of 80% being preferred. And then in a dry lot or bedded pack barn, we want to provide 100 to 125 square feet per cow is the recommendation. Well, Rory, you've covered the bases over the last two weeks, so if anybody wants to find out more, about what we've talked about or get more details about anything we've discussed over the last couple of weeks, where do they need to go? Yeah, they can contact me at the Wayne County Extension Office, 330-264-8722. Often I have information about these sites posted on our Wayne County Extension website at wayne.osu.edu. And again, we do post these radio programs on that website, again, courtesy of WQKT. Rory Levandusky, our guest in studio today, from the OSU Extension Office, talking about dry cow nutrition in comfort. Rory, as always, thank you for taking the time. We appreciate you having you in here today. Appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, Ron. Morning Edition uh, continues here on Worcester Radio in just a moment. We'll step aside, come back, get more, including a look at your weather up next.